I'm Pastor Hank, or as Rhett Freeborn says, Pastor Pank. Uh, I'm certain uh, that you've all enjoyed, or at least I hope you have, this wonderful praise songs that we've sung to the glory of God. And it's, it's wonderful for us to be able to be here and be able to do that. And we feel badly that uh, many of you cannot be here with us. As I've been watching uh, the news and uh, listening to things uh, recently, uh, it's becoming more and more obvious that uh, people are just feeling overwhelmed with all of the things that are happening around them. And uh, there's a great deal of uh, worry, sorrow, and despair that people are experiencing, and understandably so. Uh, this past week, uh, Anne and I, uh, from our home, uh, had uh, been watching, looking out uh, at the uh, river out in front of us, and uh, we observed five different deer fall into the uh, fall through the ice into the water. Uh, fortunately, all uh, five of them were able to crawl their way back out and uh, and to get uh, back up onto dry ground safely. Uh, then one day we were out on our deck and we were uh, cleaning off some snow. And yes, we do still have snow here. And uh, we were cleaning off some snow and a, uh, three deer went running across the ice, across the river from us. And uh, shortly behind them, a dog came running behind them and the dog was barking and chasing after these deer. And I started hollering and whistling to the dog to try to distract it to change its direction and all of a sudden it just fell through the ice into the water. And it was in the water struggling and it couldn't get back out like those deer had and it was trying to get out but it was kind of just basically hanging on uh, for dear life. And uh, shortly after that we could hear somebody hollering for their dog and, and uh, I, we started trying to holler to them that it's in the water and, and got no response. And then uh, I called across the river to uh, our son Brian and his family uh, to see if they knew whose dog it was. And they went outside and met with the people and told them that their dog was, was in the water. And I could just hear the lady on the other side wailing and crying and hollering for her dog. And she was just feeling overwhelmed with the agony of possibly losing her dog. And then shortly after that, her husband put on a life jacket that, she got, that he got from the neighbor and he crawled across the ice and he got over near it, and I hollered to him, you're getting close to, because to, I could see where it was thin, and, and he, all of a sudden he fell through the ice, and he's in the water, and he's struggling, and he managed to push his dog up onto the more solid ice, but he's in there, and he couldn't get himself out, and fortunately, uh, our neighbors, uh, first of all, our daughter-in-law, Corey, came down, and she was walking across and trying to get over where she could help, and and our neighbors came down, and uh, the Ossenheimers, and they, they grabbed a boat, and they pulled it out, and they kind of dragged the boat across on the ice and got it close enough, and then they threw a rope to the man and were able to uh, pull him out into safety. And fortunately, after all of that, uh, everybody who was involved, including the animal, uh, were all safe. And, um, and I just felt like that represented what a lot of people feel like these days, is you're in under the ice and it's cold and it's scary and it's dangerous and you don't know where to turn. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the fact that God knows that's that, that is where all of us are. God knows that we all 
need that one who will come and, and throw something to us to help us to get out of this hole that we're in, this, this, this dangerous place that we're in. He sent for us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who, who came and died upon a cross to bring us salvation because we could not get ourselves out of that hole of sin. He sent us a savior. And that brought me this week to thinking about one of my favorite portions of scripture. It's found in John chapter 14. And if you have a Bible, uh, we'd love to have you uh, join along. I'm going to be reading John chapter 14, verses 1 through 11, and then verses 15 through 17. Uh, and this is Jesus uh, speaking to his uh, disciples, and he says, let, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas, one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip, another one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. And then verses 15 through 17, and this is Jesus again speaking. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And my encouragement from those verses, the, the, the blessing that I see is that Jesus is giving them who felt like they had no hope, they had been following him. They had, had come with him, as Pastor Brian had read earlier, the, the verses about uh, Jesus' triumphal entry. And they had seen all of that. But then after they got there to Jerusalem, they were, they were together and he was teaching them and he was talking to them. And, and he had told them that, that there were some bad things that were ahead, some things that were going to happen. One of those things that he, that he told them what, what's going to happen is that uh, he was going to uh, be betrayed by one of his disciples. We, we now know that that was Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who, who went out and sold the life of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But another one who, who we still today this day look up to because when the Holy Spirit came, he changed him as Peter. But he told Peter, this very night, you will deny me. You'll deny that you even know me. And 
You can imagine how devastating that had to be for those disciples who were sitting there. They had been following him for three years. They had walked with him. They were hoping that he was the Messiah, the one who was going to, to change the world. And he is telling them all of these negative things that were going to happen. And when we're in despair and we're doubting and we don't know what's going on around us and we kind of look around and we're kind of scratching our heads and, and, and we're, we're, we're desperately trying to find out what is going on. These are times when it can be very dangerous for us spiritually because we can be open to false teachings and things that are not healthy and good. And that's why it's so important for us to get back into God's word. I read in the Holman uh, uh, commentary this week, the danger with troubled people is not that they will believe nothing, but rather that they will believe anything. And we have to guard against that. We have to be prepared to not do that and to avoid such loss of truth and certainty in his disciples. He's turning their attention here to God the Father and the hope of a place, we call it heaven, where God resides and where they can go to be with him. So let me just share with you some thoughts that uh, I took from uh, these verses uh, from uh, John chapter 14. Jesus, again, uh, realizing that, uh, you know, if you kind of catch the vision here of what's going on, he's telling them all of these things, and they're kind of sitting there, kind of maybe scratching their heads and like, you know, wringing their hands and like, what, what's going on around me? I don't know what's happening here. And uh, the way I, I, I tell people all the time, I like visuals. And so kind of this is my, my paraphrase or visual on that a little bit is Jesus is looking at them and he knows he's just told them all of this stuff. And he says, okay, take a deep breath. I've got this. I, I, I am going to take care of this for you. And we need that assurance that God, Jesus, has it all under control. So from, from verse 1, the first point that I see Jesus pointing out to us, and the one he points us to is God. And he says that believe in God. You know, in this day and age, there are many people who will believe just about anything, but they don't want to believe about God because they feel like there are some restrictions that are associated with that. And yet, Jesus makes it very clear here. The first thing he says, don't let your hearts be troubled, believe in God. And, and you get a sense that he's saying that in a way that's reassuring to them. Like, don't look at all of the stuff around you, the virus or the, the, the sinking through the ice or whatever it might be, but put your focus on God. Keep your eye on him. He is an awesome and amazing God. So the first point is believe in God the Father. One of the problems in the world today is that people want, don't believe anything. Um, and they believe only in, in gossips and rumors and that sort of thing. Our God is not a thing. Our God is a, is a holy, awesome, amazing creator God who cares about you and me. And, he, and he's listening to us, and he wants us to have his attention. Then after he says, believe in God, he says, believe also in me. I believe what he's telling us there is, believe in me, God the Son. We have God the Father. Jesus is God the Son. God sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
God loved us while we were yet his enemies. While we were sinners, God loved us enough to send his son into this world. God the Son. And Jesus is pointing out to all of them and to us that believe that I am God the Son. Well, as I said, Thomas, the disciple um, known as Doubting Thomas, uh, asked him, Lord, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way? If you think about that, most of us really don't know where heaven is or what it looks like exactly. We have scripture that, that describes it as a beautiful place with, with, with all kinds of wonderful visuals that are there. But in reality is we don't know exactly what it's like. But I believe that God is the creator God who created the heavens and the earth. And if he created this earth and the beauty that we see around us on, in this earth, I can't imagine that heaven isn't even more beautiful than that. Wherever he is, is going to be a beautiful place. But notice what Jesus says when Thomas asks him that. He, you, you notice that he doesn't chastise Thomas. He doesn't complain to him. He says, makes it very clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, God the Father, except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. We can't make that any clearer than what Jesus said. When he says, I am the way, he's talking about I am the way to heaven. I am the way to get to God. You notice that he doesn't say, I am one of the ways, I am a way. He says, I am the way. Why is that important? Because we have all of these things that people are teaching from every direction, telling us all kinds of things. But the reality is, is Jesus is saying there's only one way for us to get to heaven, and that's belief in his finished work upon the cross. And what do I mean by his finished work upon the cross? Well, Jesus Christ did die on that cross, but he was raised back to life again. I'm going to talk about that a little bit further in a moment. Jesus makes it very clear, clear that he is the only way for us to get to God's heaven. One of the biggest questions that people ask is that question. How can I know for sure where I'm going after I die? How can I, how can I know what's ahead of me? And Jesus makes it as clear as can be made that there is a heaven, there is a God in heaven, and he is the way for us to get there. Well, it's interesting that uh, Philip, another one of his disciples, comes and he says, well, Lord, you know, I believe all of this stuff you're saying, but, but show us God. Show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. And, and you can kind of almost read as you read Jesus' words here that it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to tell you again, <laughs> but I've already told you, and I, and I want you to really pay attention to me. Again, this is my paraphrase of, I like a visual. And, and so he's saying to him, uh, in a very direct way and, and confrontational, really, for you and for me as well. He says, I have been with you, teaching you all of this time. Jesus had been with them for, for three years. And, and if you think about it, basically, as they were traveling around and doing ministry, uh, they were together 24-7 for three years, walking and talking and being taught, interacting. They had heard and seen miracles. They had, they had experienced all kinds of, of amazing things. 
And Jesus says to him, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak those on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. He's making it clear the Father, he's describing God as his Father, dwells in him and is giving him instruction to share with them. The instruction is, you have seen God the Father because you have seen me. You have seen God. I am the Son of God. I am God the Son. And that's an important thing for us to understand. And that's uh, a couple of points that I, that I hope you will write down. And that's that he is the Son of God. Jesus is, and he proclaims that he is the Son of God. Combined with saying that he is the way to get to heaven, Jesus is assuring the disciples and us that God the Son is the way for us to get to heaven. Believe in his finished work on the cross. His finished work on the cross is this. Jesus Christ, who was innocent, had done nothing to deserve death, was taken, was hung upon a cross where he was crucified. And on his way of getting there, by the way, he's beaten upon, he's struck, he's, he's, he's just injured from head to toe. He's bleeding. He's up on that cross and he's, he's hanging there. And, and, and if you notice, he doesn't condemn, but rather Lord, he says, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you and I are still part of that sin that poured out on him that day. Our sins are still upon him because of that. And then Jesus died. And some people have said, well, I don't know if he was really dead or not. But I tell you what, one of the things that was important in those days, the people who were responsible for crucifying, making sure somebody was dead, they knew what they were doing. They would have been held accountable. They would have been in deep trouble if they had taken somebody down off of that cross that was not dead. So I believe that Jesus was dead as he hung on that cross. And then he was taken and he was buried. But three days later, Jesus was raised back to life again. And Jesus was seen over the next 40 days by his disciples and hundreds of people. Hundreds of people witnessed a resurrected Jesus Christ walking on the earth, talking and teaching. And then... Some of his disciples and other followers were there that day when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. They watched him physically, the body of Jesus Christ, ascend into heaven. Jesus Christ never died again. Jesus Christ is still alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And he is there preparing a place for you and for me. But there is a requirement on our part. We have to choose to believe in that finished work, that he overcame the grave, that he bore our sins, and that he is alive in heaven preparing this place for you and for me. That's a requirement, that we believe in his finished work. And unless we do that, we are going to, to perish. We will be separated from God the Father. Well, you know, one of the things that if you think about um, what Jesus did, the people who were there for the next, for, you know, for the, the days after he left, after he ascended into heaven, they probably were kind of like, what happens now? What's going on? What's going what's to happen? And 
for you and, and for me, if, if, we, if the story ended there, we, we would still have a hope because he said, I am the way, but, but we wouldn't always understand everything. We would be questioning and wondering and, and thinking about what's going on. In the verses, in, uh, beginning in verse 15, he says, or in 16, he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Jesus promises that he and God the Father will send God the Holy Spirit to come and to dwell inside of us. That Holy Spirit, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into us. He dwells within us. That's the reason that we can read Scripture and understand it, because the Holy Spirit reveals it. When we interact with one another, we can encourage one another. When we're singing praise songs, as I don't know about you, when I was sitting here and listening to this, to the singing, I, I was just feeling so much that we're glorifying God. We can do that because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Are we all perfect? Of course not. We all still have our, our, our errors and, and foibles and problems, but we have a perfect God who has made a perfect way for us to be in heaven. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to watch over us. Over us. And that Holy Spirit, that God the Father, that God the Son, saw all of us in the water with ice all around us. And the visual there for you to, to, to grasp is that's our sin. Our, our sin is all of that ice. And we're stuck in that. We're, we're there and we can't climb out. We can't get ourselves out of it. We're, we're stuck. But God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, because of his finished work on that cross, he pulled us up out of that water. He pulled us up away from the ice and he put us into a warm, safe place. A safe place close to him. He has given us the gift of salvation through the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross. So the question today that each and every one of us has to answer do you believe, do you believe that God the Son, Jesus Christ, died on that cross to bring you and me salvation? That's our only hope. It's our only way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. If you've never trusted Christ for your salvation, Today might be the day that God is asking you to make that a commitment in your heart and life. He's asking you to, to trust and to believe in Jesus Christ's finished work upon that cross. I don't know where you stand. If you, are, uh, if you would like to talk to somebody, please call the church. We will get in touch with you. We will make connection with you. We would love to have a conversation with you about the finished work of Jesus if you've trusted him as your savior, be bold and courageous in sharing your faith. This morning, I had an opportunity to read two things on Facebook written by young people from our church who made a very clear confession of belief in Jesus Christ for salvation. You and I have that opportunity. I would like to lead us in a word of prayer as I close, and I just ask that you would join me in prayer. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for your amazing gift of eternal life that only comes through your finished work upon that cross. We thank you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. We know that you have told us that no one can come to the Father except through your finished work. No one can come to the Father except through you. I know that I am a sinner and do not deserve eternal life, but your word says that you loved us so much, you loved the world so much, that while we were yet sinners, that you died for me and that you rose from the grave to prepare a place for me in heaven. I will trust you and entrust in you alone for my eternal life, and I will repent of my sins. Please take control as Lord of my life. Thank you for eternal life by your finished work upon that cross for me and for all who would believe. In the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you.